Well, welcome, Andrew Wilkie. Congratulations for you and the parliamentary friends for leading the fight to save Julian Assange. You are off to London to attend the High Court hearing there. Will you be asking the Australian High Commissioner if they will attend the hearing? Do you know if they are? Have you noticed any change in attitude to how the High Commission are treating the Assange matter now? I don't have any visibility of, uh, of the High Commission's involvement. What I do know, though, is that the government's recent change in position uh, in response to my motion calling for the US and UK to, to drop the matter and let Julian come home, the fact that the government voted strongly in favour of that motion, uh, and in fact, I think the final numbers were 86 for, 42 against, uh, the fact that the following day, in response to a question from me in question time, the Prime Minister personally stood up and gave his clearest and strongest position statement yet about this having gone on too long. All of that shows that the government, at least, has shifted its position. Now, whether or not that's being noticed in uh, London or Washington is unknown, but I think it would be very, very hard for them to, to ignore such a, a clear position now by the Australian government that this has gone on too long. While you're in London, will you be seeking a talk with James Cleverley, the Home Secretary of England and Wales, who has a final decision on extradition? Regrettably, I'll only be on the ground in London uh, for about 14 hours, so there won't be time to meet with the British government officials uh, or, or members of the British Parliament. Uh, and although I, I have been invited to meet with the Australian High Commissioner, there just won't be time. So my focus will be the courtroom and the court hearing. And I think that's important nonetheless, because it, it's important Australian parliamentarian bears witness to what's going on can bring some, some comfort to, to, you know, and a show of support to Stella and the family. And also through the British media, I'll be able to communicate, I think, the very important point that now a clear majority of the Australian Parliament, including the Australian Government and the Prime Minister personally, are all of the view that, regardless of what you think about Julian Assange, the fact is he's been incarcerated in one way or another for oh, 12 years or so. You know, the matter has gone on long enough that the extradition should be dropped and he should be allowed to return to Australia. You resigned from the army over the weapons of mass destruction lie that led to the Gulf War, so you were a very early supporter of Assange. My limited understanding is that you and Peter Wish Wilson started the Parliamentary Friends of Assange in 2011. Can you give a brief history of that group and how it has developed? Yeah, well, in fact, uh, I actually first met Julian Assange in 2004 before WikiLeaks when, um, after I resigned from the Office of National Assessment, by that stage I'd left the Army. So I resigned from a, a role in civilian intelligence over the invasion of Iraq based on false, a fraudulent reason for war in 2003. And I wrote a little book and I, I spoke at the Melbourne Writers Festival in 2004. And, uh, after my presentation, a, a young a man with long blonde hair came up to me and started picking my brains about uh, how do we establish some sort of safe online portal for whistleblowers to, to ventilate their information. And as it turned out that that was a, a young Julian Assange and, some years later he went on to establish WikiLeaks. So I met him, him back then, but uh, then sort of 
fast-forwarding to getting into Parliament, and Peter Wish Wilson and I were the original founders and founders of the Australian Parliament Bring Julian Assange Home Group, which started out with just a handful of members, but now it includes many dozens of members. And in fact, several months ago, when we pulled together a uh, an open letter to the US government, there were more than 60 signatories of that from the Australian Parliament. And of course, yesterday, no, sorry, two days ago, when the Parliament voted 86 to 42 in favour of a motion that this matter had gone long enough. So. From, from small things, big things grow, which is good because I think now the Australian Parliament, much bigger than the parliamentary group, it's fallen into line with clear majority public opinion in this country that whether, you, whether or not you, you loathe or, or love Julian Assange, the fact is it's just gone on long enough and the matter should be dropped. There was a bit of dissatisfaction with the Albanese government that they were just saying enough is enough and uh, there was a feeling that they were just gaslighting Assange supporters. So what's been your impression of them? Oh, look, I, I think the criticism of the federal government has been warranted. Uh, I think until recently they were saying lots of things, but uh, I've seen no evidence of any, uh, of any hard work on their behalf. And I think that's why the parliament's strong support for the motion is so significant, because it clearly indicates a significant shift in the government's position, the parliament's position. You know, there's no obligation on the government, for it to, obviously, or the parliament to act on a motion. But I think the importance of it is is that it was such a clear, strong statement. Finally, uh, and interestingly, the day after the motion, I asked a question to the prime minister at question time, and he stood up personally and alone. You know, not just one of 86 people voting for something. He stood up personally and alone at the sash box, and he made a very clear, strong statement in support uh, of Assange. That's never been done before, and I thought, well, I, I know that will not go unnoticed uh, at the US and British, or the US Embassy, the British High Commission, and through them to London and Washington. I noticed that one of the people who abstained from voting was Barnaby Joyce, who had been a very, um, well, seems to have been a very strong voice for Assange. Do you know why that happened? No, I don't know. And someone's going to have to ask Barnaby. Uh, to Barnaby's credit, he has been for a long time a very strong supporter uh, of Assange. Not, not in that he particularly likes Assange. I, I, I think he said that he doesn't particularly like him at all. But, but Barnaby, he actually has a strong sense of uh, or a very clear understanding of justice uh, and the rights of people. Uh, so for years he has has called for the or for the charges against Assange to be dropped, the extradition to be dropped, and for Assange to be released. That he didn't vote for the, one way or the other for the motion was uh, was very disappointing. And I'm just speculating now, John. I mean, some some members of the opposition claim that the motion was too anti-US, which. I could only I could only think they haven't read the motion because I don't know how you can draw that conclusion. I suppose it was also the issue that Barnaby would have had to cross the floor, and given that he's a you know he's an important figure in the opposition, he might have felt that crossing the floor was a step too far. So he decided to to step out. It, it you know someone in that position in in a political party, and, and let's face it, he's been in the news lately for all the wrong reasons. He decided to keep a low profile. Although I think. His efforts to keep a low profile are probably 
shone a light, in, a light on him because everyone's asking why didn't he vote, uh, why didn't he vote in support of the motion? 